Good morning. Welcome to Cross Timbers Baptist Church. Let's sing What a Friend. Everybody has trials and temptations. Everybody knows heartbreak, isolation. Everybody's got worries. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Everybody knows sorrow and devastation. good way to start the worship and to help you get the blood flowing and maybe a little more awake if you're running a little bit slow. But it is a great day to be here in the house of the Lord on the day before Valentine's Day. Man, that's a reminder. I'll try to remind you again. Um, if you wait till tomorrow, you may be sunk. So um, shop today because Valentine's is it's coming. But we are glad that you are here. It's great to worship together, it, whether if there's someone joining us online or whether you're here in person, it's good to see smiling faces, familiar faces, and new faces. And so if you're visiting this morning, it's our pleasure that you've joined us. We are so glad that you're with us, and we hope that you um, just make yourself at home and enjoy the service. Let me just point out um, a 
couple of things. First of all, if there is a, if you have a question or a prayer request or just information, there's a card in the bulletin that looks just like this. You can just jot your information on that or a prayer request, put it in the offering plate. When we pass that in a few moments, just please um, be sure and indicate if you do share a prayer request. It's all right for us to, to pass it along um, over our email um, prayer chain. And if you don't want it shared, that's fine. Just please let us know. Um, we started this morning with a video um, from a service, a ministry called Bless Every Home. Um, it's an opportunity for us to, to use technology um, to engage um, our neighbors in our neighborhoods. And there is a blue piece of paper in your bulletin that looks just like this. And it gives you an opportunity, some tools to pray for your neighbors, to be a lighthouse for, for Jesus in your neighborhood. And I've been signed up for it for a while. And every morning in my email inbox, it comes up with a, a brief prayer request. It comes up with a list of five people that are on my street or in my neighborhood and have opportunity to pray for them. And it does that um, each day of the week. Or you have the flexibility to choose how many days you would like to have a list. It also has the ability to, to track um, information. So if you, you find out, you know, if you've prayed for them and you've actually, you know, done some sort of ministry, it's a, it's a very um, easy to use and very valuable resource. Um, it's available to you um, at no cost. And if you would like to investigate more, there, at the bottom you can just go to where it says blesseveryhome.com slash cross timber and you can read more information and you can sign up you just input your in you put input your address and you'll start getting those those emails and if you for some reason you don't have email capability and would like to be a part of that um you can let us know in the church office and like they said on the video we can print off a daily list for you to pray for people in your your neighborhood you may wonder, you know, where do they get this information? It's all public information. Um, there's no invasion of anyone's privacy. It just simply is who is listed at that address. But it gives us an opportunity to maybe know some names and to put those names with faces down the road and begin to pray for people that we would have opportunity to share with them about Jesus. So that's Bless Every Home. There's a couple of other things in the bulletin I'd like to point out. Tomorrow on the 14th, which is Valentine's Day, men... Um, that is the day of the month that we have chosen to pray um, specifically for our county and for the churches in our county that God would, would work to bring revival and spiritual awakening. So you would join together in it with us in praying for families, praying for churches, praying for businesses, praying that God would do His work of revival. And the great thing is you can just join together in prayer wherever you are, whether you're at home, work, or in your car. Just remember to, to pray as we seek God couple of other things. Um, next Sunday is our collection day for Harvest House. So if you want to bring food items, you can bring those anytime. But next week is our collection day. Things like pancake mix, tuna, hamburger helper, peanut butter, jelly, coffee, crackers, canned fruit, beverages, juice. Bring those items tomorrow and then we pass those along to Harvest House. And then finally, just a reminder about our Wednesday activities. Wednesday, we would love, you for, to, love for you to join us for lunch at 11. We have time of singing, we have a time of study, and then we have a time of prayer, and then we also finish with a lunch, and currently that lunch is still absolutely free. There's always plenty, and we would love for you to join us. And then Wednesday evenings, um, just to invite um, students at 6 o'clock, that's for the youth. Um, they meet, and then at 6.30 um, we meet for a prayer meeting, and this week specifically 
we're going to take a prayer walk um, within inside our building, praying for the ministries, Sunday school classes, and Sunday school teachers. So if you want to be a part of that, we'd love for you to join us this Wednesday at 630. Um, if there's any other information or calendar, you can consult your, your bulletin, but I think that's probably more than I usually announce in the morning. I would like for us to read this morning from Romans chapter 8. We're focusing this month on God's love for us and how that love transforms us and gives us the ability to love um, those around us. And at the end of Romans chapter 8, Paul writes to the Romans about the overcoming power and the lasting transformation that this love has for us. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 31, and I'll read through the end of the chapter. He says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own Son, but gave him up for us all, how will we not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Now in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, neither angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You join me as we pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege to gather this morning in this place to worship you. We thank you for your love that lasts forever, your love that overcomes everything, your love that always holds on to us and will never let us go, and that there's nothing in this world that could ever separate us from your great love. And so, Lord, help us in the midst of our daily circumstances and the struggles and the trials of life and the good times and the bad to remember that you love us and you'll never let us go. And Lord, as we think about that love, help us as we sing to sing with glad hearts, to sing to the one that we love. Lord, help us to limit distractions, to focus our hearts on you and you alone this morning. And Lord, we ask for those that are outside of these walls, for people in homes and in communities, people that are at work, Lord, people that don't know you, people that are going through all different kinds of circumstances and challenges, Lord, we thank you for your goodness, and Lord, we ask that you would send ministers to them, and Lord, that you would send us in the time that we have, in the places that we go, to be a light that shines in darkness, to be the voice of hope to the hopeless, and to be your hands and feet that show your love to those that feel unloved, to feel unlovable, or feel not deserving. And Lord, you would take us out with the good news of the gospel to the ends of the earth. We thank you for how good you are to us. You've given us everything. And Lord, we take 
time right now to pause and to say thank you by giving a portion of what we have back to you. And we trust that you'll take what we give, that you'll gather it, that you'll multiply it, you'll use it to do your work here, to do work in your kingdom locally and around the world. We thank you so much for Jesus and the privilege of worship. And we gather and say thank you in his name. Amen.
men. The Lord has done and still does great things among his people. Wonderful time of worship and and singing that we can enjoy together. If you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 3 is where we'll find ourselves this morning. And we'll start reading in verse 14 in just a couple of moments. We talked last week and the week before about about love. And just to remind you, because I don't think we can ever hear it enough, God loves you and God has a purpose for you. So if you're sitting there now and you're kind of wavering on the fence, does God love me? Does God really have a plan? It's true. He loves you and He has a purpose for you. In fact, you are wonderfully and uniquely created. He made you to be you because He has a reason for you. And He wants to have a personal relationship with you. He wants to be involved in your life. He wants to go to school with you. He wants to go to work with you. He wants to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with you. Jesus loves you and wants to be with you. And He loves you so much that He died for your sins and He rose from the dead. As we sang in some of the songs, He defeated both sin and death and He brings new and abundant life to those who place their faith in Him. And from that love, not only did He die in our place, but He sent His Holy Spirit to be with every believer. He told His disciples He was going away, but He wouldn't leave them as orphans. He was sending the Helper, the Holy Spirit. And through that work of the Spirit in our lives, we have guidance and power to get us through the day. We have assurance and reminder of our salvation. And He fills us with His love. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And in these days, Valentine's Day is all about love and flowers and cards and jewelry and lots of money and, of course, chocolate. Reminder, men, chocolate. Um, Put that on your list. And as we think about Valentine's, we think about the love between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, just like God wants that love between a man and a woman to grow and to deepen over time, His desire is for our understanding and our experience of His love to grow and to deepen each day. In fact, the more we experience that love, the more we grow to understand and appreciate it. And so this morning in the time that we have, I want us to just consider this idea that the more you experience and understand the love of Jesus, the more you enjoy the riches of what God has for you. In the great book of Ephesians, Paul pauses to pray over and over again for those early believers praying for power, for knowledge, for for wisdom, praying that they would grasp what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And in chapter 3, starting in verse 14, we have another one of those prayers. And Paul says, verse 14, chapter 3, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, 
that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And God's people said, Amen. What a prayer. That we would be filled with all the fullness of God. God, we ask you in these moments, you would help us to listen to the truth of your word through the help of your spirit. You would help us to listen not only with our head, but with our hearts. Lord, you would help us to gain a greater understanding and appreciation of how much you love us and how that love can transform our lives and you use that love to minister to others. So Lord, help us as we look at this. Guide us into truth and we trust you to do it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, while this is not a science lesson, plants, animals, and people all need healthy environments to grow. So let's just take one example, a tree. Now, a tree has to have oxygen in the atmosphere, rain coming down from the sky, or it won't survive. But it also needs something down below. It needs a good soil to grow in, and it needs roots that grow down deep into it. And those roots help to bring nourishment up into the tree, but also helps to support the tree when storms come and when winds come to keep it from falling over. Human beings, people like you and me, we need an environment of love to live in. On the outside, God uses people, uses our parents, uses friends, uses family to show his love to us. But that love is not enough. We also need love on the inside. And so by faith in Jesus, the love of God is placed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And with love on the inside and love on the outside, we have the perfect environment for thriving in faith. We have that opportunity to build on the solid foundation of Jesus. And over time, the roots of our faith can grow deeper in to who Jesus is and the understanding of his love. So in the time that we have today, I want us to look a little bit at Paul's prayer for the Ephesians that applies to us today to help us to know a little bit more and to experience more and enjoy more the love of Jesus. There's three points in your bulletin. There's some other things, to blanks to fill in that will help you along the way. But if we want to, to know, experience, and enjoy this love, we first have to start by experiencing the love of Jesus. Now, you're going to see two things on your outline, and we'll look at the one first, that we experience God's love or the love of Jesus in Christ, but we also experience it in, in a church family. Now, Paul mentions that he prays that Christ dwelling in your hearts through faith. Now, I don't know about your mind, but my mind gets pretty well blown when I think about this, that, that Jesus would make his home 
in human hearts by faith. And that amazes me that it would be in some of your hearts, but to think that in my own heart that, that Jesus would take up residence. It's one of those things that, that I wonder about and I'm thankful for, but it amazes me. That when we simply put our trust in Christ, His Spirit makes His home in our life. It's that wonder that Paul wrote to the Colossians was Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we may not understand completely how it happens, but we're so thankful that it does. And Paul uses another phrase to describe that. He says, Your spirit, his spirit in your inner being. That when we become a Christian, we get a new life, a new nature. We're under different control. And the love of Jesus comes flooding into your life by the Holy Spirit. That's what it says in Romans 5, 5. God's love poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so we experience the love of Jesus from inside and out. Think about or imagine, and you could probably find one very easily, a bottle filled with water floating around in the ocean. I'm sure that would be pretty easy to find, especially on the Texas coast or some of the other coasts because people are pretty not very good at picking up their trash. But you can imagine that there's water inside the bottle and the, wa- and the bottle is surrounded by water. And in some ways, the love of Jesus is like that, that we're filled on the inside with his love and we're surrounded on the outside with his love. And believers we could say it would be floating in a sea of God's love. That we have the opportunity to ride along the currents, trusting in His grace, and at the, the same time, His love fills our life to the point of overflowing. And God wants us to understand and to realize His love to the point that it touches and transforms every part of our life. And this love that Jesus has for us is like soil for our spiritual roots. So it's like a sea that we live in, but it's also like a soil that our roots go into. And it's also a firm foundation that we can stand on. That's what Paul gets at when he says that we're rooted and grounded in love. Picture of a mighty oak with deep roots. Each individual root bringing more nourishment back to the tree, the same roots being an anchor. And as Christians, our roots need to grow deeper and deeper into Jesus and his love. But he also gives another picture when he says to be grounded. It's like the idea of a building that is no stronger than its foundation. Now we know when Jesus told the story about the builder, you know, he told us the wise man built his house upon the rock. Right? Because the one that was built on the sand washed away. And the love of Jesus is like a solid rock. It never fails and it will never sink. And we experience that love as we are connected to, to Jesus. So we experience it in Christ. But we also experience that love in a church family. It's one of these days of, you know, of after coming out of COVID when people got out of the regular habit of being in attendance um, on a Sunday morning. Maybe they 
watch, you know, online or maybe they watch another service online and they've, you know, they've been to church and they've worshipped, that, that that is helpful and beneficial, but it falls well short of what God's intention is. That when God adopted you into His family, you weren't an only child. That you became a part of brothers and sisters that are organized as a community, a community of, of blessing that has many things in common, the most important being a connection to Jesus. And when brothers and sisters in Jesus come together, we enjoy this special bond, this bond of, of love. That's why it's exciting when you look up and you see someone that you haven't seen in several weeks. That's why when you're that person that somebody hasn't seen in several weeks, that people have a big smile on their face. They say, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. It's also why when you're out, you're missed. That when we look over and we see there's not someone in your, in your seat where you normally sit, we think, oh, they're not here today. Because we're a body. We're pieces that God has put together, each with a purpose. We're a special community that is redeemed by His blood, called by His name, and under His direction. Now, He gives us two clues in the, in the passage to help us. He mentions every family in heaven and earth. And He says to comprehend with all the saints. So when He's describing how we should experience this love, He says, I want you to understand it with all the saints. So that means women, children, men, Women, young, old. And as the church practices the command of Jesus to love one another, we experience love for each other. You see, the one another's tell us to do things, and there's so many of them, I'll just mention a few, to accept one another. It's great to walk into a church and feel accepted. Can I tell you all a secret? We're all weird. Y'all are weird, too. I didn't want to just tell them, but y'all are weird, too. We all have things about us that are different, that are quirky, that are odd. But God loves us, and when we come together in the family of God, we love one another and we accept one another. We care for one another. That's why when we find out someone has a need, it's hard to be able to take care of it because somebody else has probably already stepped in and taken care of it. We serve one another. We take care care of one another. We bear one another's burdens. We forgive one another. We bump into each other sometimes. We say goofy things we dish, wish we hadn't said. We do things we wish we hadn't done. And we forgive one another. And then we're also patient with one another. And the list goes on and on. And as we practice those things, we experience the love of Jesus. Because brothers and sisters help us to realize the love of Jesus, but also brothers and sisters give us the opportunity to practice the love of Jesus. Commentator William Barclay said it this way, the church may have its faults. Church members may be very far from what they ought to be, but in the fellowship of the church, we find the love of God. So in Christ and through the church, God surrounds us with his love. We experience it on the inside by the Holy Spirit. As we've seen on the outside, it's through this blessed community we call the church. And the more we experience it, 
the more our roots grow deeper into his love. And so along these lines, Paul prays for the Ephesians to gain a better understanding of this love. You see, his prayer request was that they would continue to know more and more of the love of Jesus and they would experience it more and more in their life. And so the second blank there is knowing the love of Jesus. Now, there's two words in most translations that if you just looked at them, you probably wouldn't think there is a lot of difference. The word comprehend and the word know. Comprehend, the word there in the the original language means to seize or grab hold of something, to understand it, to grasp mentally. So just take, for the example, when you learn how to, to reduce a fraction in math. You would say that you grasp that concept or that you could understand it, you comprehend it. So that's one way word. The other word is no. Now that word no in the Bible is a very important special word. It means to, to take in knowledge by experience. It usually always implies a relationship. In learning it would be between a, a teacher and a student. But it goes beyond that to it's the point of an intimate relationship, practical and personal. So when you read in the Bible that, you know, a man knew his wife, it meant that he knew her intimately, completely and totally. And the difference there is holding on to a fact and saying, oh, I believe that's true, and then actually experiencing something. And God doesn't want us to settle for just understanding the fact. He wants us to experience the reality of it. He wants us to see His love in action and respond to it. Another commentator described it this way, that it's personal involvement with the love of Jesus. So just imagine, at some point in your life, you probably heard someone say, or you heard the song, you know, Jesus loves you, or you sang, Jesus loves me. And you hear that, and you think, okay, that's interesting. Maybe as a child you think that's true. But then a little further down the line, there comes a point when God begins to work on your heart through the Holy Spirit. And you become, you realize in your heart, Jesus loves me. And we respond by returning our love to Jesus. And after that point of of conversion, that as we grow in our faith, we understand more and more over time how much Jesus loves loves us. And so Paul gives these two requests. He says, help us to to comprehend a love we couldn't possibly measure and to know a love that surpasses knowledge. So just think about the first one. To comprehend a love beyond measure. Now if you've looked around, there's some things you really can't measure easily. You may be standing outside and you look up and you think, how tall is that tree? Well, you know, unless you have some sort of instrument that you, um, you know, can go from the top to the bottom or you're good at, you know, measuring the shadow and the angle or some formula. It's difficult to, to do. And so we guess, well, I think that tree's about 40 foot tall. Or we stand at the edge of a, of a lake and we say, I wonder how far it is across that lake. Or the one that perplexes us more often than that. How long before we 
get there. But when we come to the question, how much does God love you? How much does Jesus love you? It's more than you could ever calculate. It's more than you could estimate. It's so vast that Paul needs more than three dimensions to describe it. He uses four. And the main point of his description is it's more than we could measure. It's infinite. Now, many people have said that these four things, God's the wide, the width, the length, the depth, and the height, have meant many different things. Several people have suggested that it means that it's wide enough to embrace all men. It's long enough to last forever. It's deep enough to reach down to the lowest sinner. And it's high enough to lift that sinner up to heaven. But the point of the measurements is that God loves you. He'll always love you. He'll never stop loving you. And no matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, there's still more of His love to experience. And no matter how far you try to run and hide, you can never run outside of His love. And so a love you can't measure, but He also prays that the Ephesians would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Now, if you read that and you think about it, you think for a second, is he, is he saying that we could... We should know the unknowable. And it can be kind of challenging if you think of it that way, but I think more of what he's saying is it's a prayer that we would know the love of Jesus that is more than our mind is able to comprehend. Because we've already said that the love of Jesus is beyond limit. But his love is also not like any other kind of love. It's perfect. It's pure. It's always motivated by unselfishness. It always looks out for others. It's a love that loved you before you were born. So not only were you fearfully and wonderfully made, you were loved before you were born. And it's a love that loves you enough that Jesus died on a cross for you. And no matter how much of that love you experience throughout your life, there's still more. And we come to know this love by experience. See, you can read about God's love. You can listen to other people talk about God's love. You can hear people tell stories about how God loves them. But until you have experienced in your heart the love of God and responded to it, then you come to know it by experience. we see that love primarily in the cross think about that moment where he gave jesus gave his life for us his grace mercy and forgiveness are poured out toward us in salvation but on a day-to-day basis he's continually patient with us when we're immature he forgives us when we fail he disciplines us when we stray He comforts us when we're afflicted. And He wants to be involved in every part of your daily life. Because Jesus came to earth to be personally involved in your life and in my life. 
And the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we will experience his love for us. And the more you'll grow in the awareness of that love. And when you experience that love, you enjoy his presence and you discover what Paul describes earlier in the chapter is the unsearchable riches of Christ. So you have unsearchable riches, you have immeasurable love, you have love that surpasses knowledge. All of these point toward the fact that he wants you to enjoy the riches, the depths of his love. That's the third thing in your outline. Toward the end of his prayer, before he breaks out in a song of praise, he says that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now be honest. How many of you have that on your prayer list? Um, You know, how many of you are praying um, that we be filled with all the fullness of God? That's an incredible request. That's a big prayer. All prayer matters, but, but that's a big prayer, that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. And Paul's whole prayer to this point is building up to this moment, that that these people would be strengthened by the Spirit, they would realize more fully the presence of Christ in them, and they would know this experience by love. And then you have that phrase, so that they can enjoy the endless love, blessing, and riches that Jesus has for them. Now when it says filled, that word filled means to fill something to overflowing. So think about a cup under the faucet that you forget about. Thinking about leave the water thinking about think about for a second, maybe leaving a water hose in a water trough too long and then coming back and realizing that it's overflowing. One man said that this type of filling is the idea of a vessel that's connected to an abundant source. So an overflowing cup that we would be filled to overflowing with every spiritual blessing. Ephesians 1.3 mentions that. We would be filled with the riches of His glorious inheritance. That, that's in chapter 1, verse 18. That we would be filled to the fullness of all that He is and understand His incomparable great power, His unsearchable riches, and His great love. All through the book of Ephesians, Paul is praying that we would be filled with all the fullness of Someone described that filled with all the fullness of God to be like putting the ocean inside a teacup. It's that vast, but even more. And since Jesus is the one who fills all things in every way, that as we grow in that maturity in Christ, that He does His work of growing us to be more like Him. That we make slow and steady progress toward maturity in Christ and we grow more like Him day by day and we grow hopefully until we either pass from this life or we see Him face to face in the air. And all the while there's still more and more room to grow in that fullness. There's more of His riches to enjoy. There's more of His fullness to experience. And there's absolutely no limit to God 
the only limit is us. And you may feel a little bit like a teacup today. Maybe even smaller than a teacup, or I don't know, maybe you're a tumbler, or a little larger. But no matter how you see yourself, God wants you to fill you to overflowing with His presence, with the love of Jesus. And that filling begins to help us to see what it means to experience and understand His great love. And the more you experience and understand that love, the more you enjoy the riches of what God has for you. Now, you may not know the man by name, but you may have heard the song that we get to in a minute. But in the 1900s, there was a minister named Frederick Lehman. And one day, he was a little... He's feeling a little unproductive at work. And so he sat down on a wooden lemon crate. He took a scrap of paper and a stubby pencil and he began to write words that were singing, swing, swimming around, I guess, in his head. They were words he'd heard earlier at a tent meeting by an evangelist. Now, the evangelist had heard these words from someone who had written them down from the, from the wall of an insane asylum. They did some research and they found these words were originally from a Jewish rabbi in the 11th century. So that's like, you know, the 1,000 to 1,100. So well before Mr. Lehman lived. And in 1917, based on these words, Lehman wrote a poem called The Love of God. And see if these words are familiar. Could we with ink the oceans fill, and were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. And based on those words, he wrote two other verses in a chorus. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints' and angels' song. Jesus loves you. He wants you to experience the depth and the riches of his love he wants you to experience His love when you spend time with Him and with His people. And even though we can't measure it or completely understand it, there's more than enough to go around and there's more than enough for us to enjoy for all of eternity. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints' and angels' song. Will you pray? Jesus, we thank you for your great love and the opportunity we have to be recipients of it, to be touched by your, your grace, to be recipients of your mercy, to be a part of a church family. We are glad and we're thankful. Lord, while human words imperfectly describe 
the depth of your love, you're more than willing to show us through your Holy Spirit. And we ask this morning that you would take the simple truth, Jesus loves you, and Lord, you would expand it. You would widen it, lengthen it, deepen it, heighten it in our lives that we would see how incredible your love is. That it's past what we can know. There's always more to know and to experience. And Lord, that once we begin to understand how much we're loved, we are loved, that we would continue to grow in that, that we would be empowered and we would be filled with a passion to share that love with others. Lord, that you would begin to wipe away fear, doubt, shame, guilt. You would help that those that feel unloved to feel loved. And Lord, that your love would season everything that we do here in this place as we love one another and as we go out the doors and love those around us, our neighbors, our families, and even our enemies. And we trust you to do this out of your great love by the power of your spirit in our lives. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's always good to take time as we spend time together worshiping and listening to God's word to respond to the Lord as he speaks. And so we, as we come to this time, it's the, it's the time when mentally our minds are, are shifting gears and, and getting ready to go. But it's also the time that if we tarry and focus that God is willing to speak. And I truly believe he, he has something for each one of us just concerning his love for you. And I just ask that you, in these moments, you would just listen, asking, God, what do you have for me concerning this? Maybe it's experiencing that love for the first time. You realize, hey, he, he loves me, and I want to love him back. And maybe today is the day you want to place your trust in him by faith. Maybe it's just recommitting yourself to enjoy and to, to walk in the love that he's given to you, maybe to receive it in your heart. Or maybe there's just another burden that you need to lay at the feet of Jesus and trust in his power and love to work. You can pray where you are, you can pray with someone else, or you can come to the front and I'll be glad to pray with you also. But I just invite you to stand together as we sing, as we listen, and we respond.
prayer today is that that song would not only remain on your your mind, but it would remain on your lips. And as you begin to understand more and more how much Jesus really loves you, that that would just season every activity of your life, that you would operate in the boundless love of Jesus, and you would be just filled to overflowing with his love as you share that um, through the words that you say and through the things that you do, whether it's to your family, to your friends, to your neighbor, to your enemy. And then just step back and watch and see what God is willing to do. It's been a pleasure to worship today. God is, is faithful. I'm thankful for the those that, that serve and, and lead us with music. I'm thankful for your being here. And I pray that you would enjoy this beautiful day and the next week. And we look forward to being together again when we gather for worship. We're going to sing together. And when we begin to sing, you're free to go. So Lord bless you. Thank you.